Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Test, test, ready, set, here we go. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? I hope you've had a great spring in the outdoors. Uh, I've gotten out and enjoyed, of course, you know, uh, a lot of shed hunting, some mushroom hunting, and just a little bit of turkey hunting. I didn't get out for turkeys as much as I'd hoped this spring, but I did get out a little bit and kept the tradition alive that my dad and my son and I started last year, and we're excited to see that continue and grow in the years ahead. Man, what a whirlwind this spring has been it felt like it was just winter not that long ago we're still down in the 40s through maybe you know we'd hit it an occasional day in the low 60s there pretty much all through april and then may came around and so did summer (laughs) we had a week in the 90s already and uh it's it's uh certainly been uh spring to remember weather-wise just seeing how uh, up and down things have been but uh you know what everything's greening up as i sit here and record i'm watching what i think to be a pretty good sized buck walking out of sight on the neighbor's farm across the road and uh you know it's just got that summer feel in the air as you guys well know uh summer is not my season of choice uh hunting seasons have a lot to do with that but you know what if you live out west you get a pretty sweet opportunity in the uh you know that late spring i guess not doesn't quite make it into the official start of summer you know the summer solstice but uh pretty close to that and that would be black bear hunting and i am sitting right on the verge of heading west pretty pretty soon here just uh uh, days away from making that trip and uh man am i excited for that uh gonna go with a good friend of mine john rasty and uh really hoping to come back loaded down with two black bears and Uh, We're really hoping to come back with some sheds as well, just to be the icing on the cake. So uh, we're hoping to get in a bunch of black bear hunting, hopefully have a little bit of time for some western shed hunting. Both of us have uh, pretty high hopes. We know we're going to have to hunt pretty hard. We've got the gear ready to go. We've gotten it all tested for the most part. We've uh, purchased our last few things. In fact, tonight I was just setting up my location device. I guess you could call it kind of like a uh, in-reach sort of deal. Uh, just so I can give my wife some peace of mind when I'm uh, out in the mountains. And can uh, send her location updates and everything else. And uh, man, it's just hard to believe that, that we're getting here. Um, but that's where we're at can't wait can't wait to see montana again it's been i believe 10 years since i've been to the great state of montana and i'm just excited to see that region of the rockies again uh just a you know 
I, I suppose I could tick some people off here with this statement, but to me, just a, a region of the Rockies that seems a little bit more wild than a lot of other places. Um, certainly, each state that's part of that range uh, has their own uh, uh, adventure zones, I guess you could say, places where you can really get off the grid and uh, see the uh, unspoiled beauty of nature. And uh, I'm excited to be back in that. I haven't been in that in a very long time. So it'll be a very special thing for me. But then also, you guys know me, just having that predator mindset again, flipping the switch, right? Turning into the good hunter, get out there and uh, make all the little adjustments on the fly as the circumstances roll at you. And just to develop that mindset of a predator going out there for food trying to be careful trying to be smart and uh, trying to get it done so we're very excited for that hopefully we all come back in one piece and uh man i don't know what else to say about it i'm just super stoked i wish i could take you all with me you know uh we probably kind of have a hard time deciding who gets to take the first shot if all of us went together but uh, i and i still don't know how rasty and i are going to work that out maybe a rock paper scissors or something i don't know you know he is he is providing his truck for us to ride in so maybe uh maybe um i should uh (laughs) just default to him i don't know but uh anyways we're super excited for the hunt super excited to be back here for this podcast it's a good one with alex and brandon good hunt therapy episode talking about some of the spring activities we had lined up at the time that we recorded this and uh just excited for you to be able to tune in again and hear from us please don't let it be a one-way conversation though reach out to us send us those uh messages and and comments and everything else love hearing from you guys And I want to give a special shout out to a follower of this podcast, a student of mine named Hayden. Hayden enjoys tuning into the episodes and let me know about it. Thanks so much for tuning in, Hayden. Appreciate the support. All right. Hope you guys had a great spring. Hope you're uh, enjoying these early days of summer weather to the best of your ability and find a way to stay outside. All right. Without any further ado here, let's roll it episode number 87 on the first gen hunter podcast thank you so much for tuning in Well, 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 we're back here on the podcast airwaves for the first time in a while. The first time doing a hunt therapy episode, and it hasn't been intentional. We've just been busy. In fact, so busy that Alex's busyness has him all the way up north of the border, and he's not even hunting or fishing for that matter. Mm. He's taking care of some uh, work-related travel i guess you could say some some business travel that he's got going on up there and uh brandon uh finally got to slow down because a storm came by and knocked his wi-fi out i think otherwise he'd probably (laughs) still be at work right now as many hours as he's he's been hitting here (laughs) lately and uh you know just life is crazy for me as always so it's been been uh, tough lining up everybody's schedule, but here we are, and uh, it feels just good to be back talking with you guys. You know, I think I get like a little bit, 
I don't know if grumpy is the right word, but I don't know, maybe a little testy if I don't, uh, if I don't have enough hunt therapy time in. So, uh, it's good to be back with you guys. Fun to be back, man. Oh man. Very, very excited. Some good stuff going on. You know, I'm, Jake's kind of becoming an endangered species on the Hunt Therapy podcast. And, yeah, uh, yeah, he is. And uh, he's got some really cool news to share um, about uh, something that he and uh, multiple-time guest Garrett Fike uh, have planned for this fall hunting season uh, not too far from Canada. This side of the border, but nice. far, far north. And uh, it's they just drew some tags uh, in oh. North Dakota. But I'm not going to spill all the beans on that because I am holding out hope that Jake will, you know, get like a rainy day so he doesn't have to work till, you know, I don't know, eight eight o'clock or something, you know, for a black mm-hmm. top, for a black topper, this is the time of year when it's, you're, you're getting paid. Oh, right? yeah. You're, yeah. you're out there maximizing, uh, the good weather days to get all your business done for the year. But, but, um, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful we'll get Jake back on soon. And, uh, yeah. in the meantime, there would have been another guy coming on to hunt therapy, a guy who uh, has been doing a lot of shed hunting with me this spring, Mr. Caleb Drake. And uh, Caleb is going to, when he's available, tonight not being one of those nights, he's actually in the process of moving from the area I just moved from to here where i live now oh wow uh, he's That's yeah nice. kind, yeah kind of a uh <laughs> a huge weird connection how we we um have crossed paths but we've done a lot of shed hunting together this this spring and i gotta say you know i've shed hunted with a lot of great friends and uh i say they're great friends because I know they're shed hunting with me. So what I mean by that is they're not as excited about shed hunting as I am, but because they care about me, they, they're willing to go with me. (laughs) But Caleb is the, Caleb is the first friend that I've had. That's as excited about picking up sheds as I am. I mean, that guy could go every single day and uh, we all know I could too. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to spend some time with him this year um and uh we'll talk a little bit more about uh what what all has been going on with that but yeah that's kind of for for you listeners that haven't you know been a part of our uh our group text you know that we have going on our hunt therapy group text um it's been it's been uh kind of a kind of a fast-paced spring so far time's getting away from Mm -hmm. us a little bit you know and uh we're ending up you're we're finishing up shed season everything's starting to green up now and um it's just time for me to go and uh lend my hand once again to some turkey hunting here pretty quick and we'll talk about that here in a second uh brandon's already been doing that and the seasons are just changing i mean we're here we are end of april may is right around the corner school will be out and uh alex and i will be pointing our wagons west here really quick and uh hoping to be coming back way down with some black bear but we're gonna hit all of that in this episode but before we get to all that good stuff i do want to do a couple things i want to first give you 
give a uh, quick shout out to a couple of the partners here with First Gen Hunter Podcast. And then I want to give you an update on an unusual situation that I told you about going on with uh, Mm. the road that I drive on, the road that I live on. (laughs) The road to Poodle. Oh, I'm about to say, are we talking about the pooper again? <laughs> Did you put a trail camera excited. up? Tell me. I just got to know. Well, I'm, I'm more tempted than ever. And the, the you know, <laughs> it feels kind of weird saying this, but the plot thickens. <laughs> oh, my oh, man. Dude, I should have known. It's I should have known we were going to be ambushed with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though you know who probably felt super ambushed by this because he's not used to being on hunt therapy was uh mr josh diving of uh pheasants Forever, oh, who got oh yeah who got too caught funny. up in that, that, was, that was <laughs> he, he handled funny. it like oh. a champ though oh yeah he, he did was, he did when, when i went back and edited he was like chuckling the entire time. Yeah, uh, we, that yeah. conversation was going on. I think it like, I think it really tickled him. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> oh, so so. Anyways, we got we got some updates here. But first, I want to give a, a big shout out to the sponsors of this show. First and foremost, uh, the presenting sponsor being Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge has just been such a huge part, really, of my my past deer season i was on there a lot you know just looking at okay what's the deer behavior looking like for today and uh you know just choosing where i was going to set up and it paid off for sure and then uh even this spring with shed hunting um obviously the deer predictor side of that could still be useful right you can still get an idea where the deer are hanging out with that but also just really leaning hard on those mapping features and the uh, current crop rotation or land cover, I guess you could say, features that that are there on on the Spartan Forge app. Just a tremendous tool. So make sure if you're tuning into this, if you haven't subscribed yet, get on there and uh, get going with it. Uh, You will not regret becoming a subscriber to Spartan Forge. There's so many, so many good tools in there that'll make you better prepared each time you step out into the deer woods this coming fall. And as we just talked about, spring is flying by. Fall is going to be here before we know it. So make sure yeah. you uh, check out Spartan Forge. Tell Bill that I say hi and uh, get get going with that incredibly powerful tool. And then the other one that we always need to shout out to, uh, the guy that's on the line with us right now, good old Alex Gruen with East to West Hunts. Uh, remember that tag application season is in full swing already. In fact, Alex, I just got an email that I need to start thinking about picking up uh, my next antelope, my next Wyoming antelope point uh, here really soon. I think the deadline's coming. Is it end of May for that? No. So uh, it's uh, it's if you're going to apply in the draw, oh, then you would okay. go and do that. But Wyoming now is... If you apply and you don't draw, then you have to go back in from July to October, and then you can pick up a point. So you got you got okay. time. You got until end of October. Oh, well, mm. good little tip there. I was wondering why it seems so quick because it's like I feel like I just 
bought my last point, but that makes sense yep. now. So, but uh, there are other things that that are coming due right for other states, Alex, in the next several months here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kansas is due. Kansas is due tomorrow. I actually wow. got to go do an application, and uh, yeah, then you got you got Nevada coming up, and uh, uh, gosh, pretty much. Pretty much every big Western state is either open right now, completed, or they have other species that will be coming due here shortly. So it's it's full swing. Uh, if you got questions, reach out because you might be too late on some stuff, but we could definitely plan accordingly. Yeah, great advice, sir, from Alex. And, nice. and don't think that just because you know when these dates are that that uh like that's all the information you need you know alex offers far more than just that help of hey you know window closes now he's going to send you in the right spot he's going to send you in the right unit he's going to tell you when you should hang on to your points and when you should spend your points so make sure you head over to alexgruen.com you can even use the first gen 10 uh discount code to uh get yourself a little bit of that money back so um the more the more that we've gone through this bear hunting plan, Alex, for this this coming uh, month in May, um, I just realized the importance of having someone in your corner that is experienced. You know, so mm. if you know if somebody had like their best friend was an avid hunter, lived out west, and you know maybe it was their old college roommate or something, they could go out and hunt with them. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a good chance at filling a tag, but that doesn't fit most people's phone contact list here in the Midwest or further east. And uh, you know, being able to have that experience just at the other end of a phone line, someone who you know is working for you as your agent, you're just gonna be so yeah. much better off. If you're already spending all the money, because boy, do you spend the money on the gear to go out and hunt, <laughs> hunt out west. Yeah, I mean, you know that. Yeah, you know I do. <laughs> I have, I have a huge pile of that gear right behind me right now as we're recording this. And uh, I do plan, by the way, to do a podcast, Alex, where we uh, kind of walk through the the gear that uh, we're taking. We'll get get old Edwin on here and uh, Rasty, and uh, do kind of a, a dive into that. But um, you know, we we uh, we have so much money already invested without even being in Montana yet. It just makes sense to have that experience in your corner when you're going to get out there if you're actually going to want to, you know, have a great chance at filling your tag. Okay, so mm-hmm. make sure you give Alex a call. Pick his brain. There's not a nicer guy out there, not a more patient guy out there. Uh, he deals with me asking him like he deals with me asking him like the same question uh, 50 times because I'm always slow to pull the trigger on something waiting for a better deal but um he's uh he's the guy you want so make sure you check out uh Alex give him that give him the time you know just just let him kind of work work a plan out for you and when you see what that is at the other end you'll be so glad you did it and another one that I want to give a shout out to so speaking of gear that we're taking on this trip uh, one that makes my loved ones and myself to be honest with you <laughs> feel a whole lot yeah. better is uh I have this really awesome med kit uh, the MyFac Pro Kit from MyMedic. And uh, I actually just did a big video review with this kit. 
And you might be thinking like, well, what do you know, Kent? And that would be an excellent question because not much. <laughs> I mean, I've taught, I've taught a lot of human anatomy and physiology uh, through my years as a teacher, but that does not make me a qualified medical professional. I, just because I, I know the name of the body part that's falling off doesn't mean I can tell you how to get it back on. So, so uh, I actually brought in a for sure, like, bona fide expert to review this kit. We're putting a video together. I should have it up on Instagram soon. Um, and that would be my cousin, Brian Elrod, three-time combat veteran in Iraq. And uh, so wow. meaning he did three tours over there, uh, including in on the initial invasion back in 03 and uh, now works as a paramedic and has for, wow. oh, probably maybe close to 15 years now. So he's uh, he's yeah. certainly got the experience knowing what should be in a med kit. He's also a avid angler and he enjoys hunting as well. So he's an outdoorsman and uh, you'll get to see kind of his, his take on everything that's in that kit. And I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert, he was very impressed. So a uh, big nice. shout out to uh, my medic. It feels really good having that kit in our back pocket when uh, we're going to be in on some places where maybe a small problem gets, I don't know, what would you say, Alex, maybe like uh, blown up, blown out of proportion a little bit, yep. made a lot bigger deal. That could easily become very, very big depending on where you're at. You might not have any service and, you know, yep. you got you to have the right tools to take care of yourself out in the back country. That's for sure. Yep. That's a good way to say it. And, and here's the other thing too, that I was realizing while he's going through that kit, because as you'll see in the video, when it goes up, there's so many things that like, I would have no idea how to use. And chances are you're listening into this, unless you're a medical professional, you probably would have no idea how to use, but, um, you know, how often do we see it? There's a car accident or somebody gets hurt somewhere and somebody who happens to be on the trail, somebody who's driving behind you, they are trained. You know, they're a nurse, they're a, they're a paramedic themselves, maybe even a doctor. My brother's a doctor and he once, um, you know, had to assist with a really bad car accident that, uh, he was, you know, kind of pulled up behind on, on the interstate once and mm. having that equipment in your kit for those people to be able to, to use, man, just makes the situation better for everyone. So make sure you go over, check them out. You can find a link for them. If you go to my Instagram profile and, uh, hit my link tree, you'll see it there. Or even in the show notes for this very episode. All right. The nice. moment everybody's been waiting for the update on the road to Pudition. And by the way, yeah. I changed the name. If you remember my old name for it was the road to defecation, but then I realized what an opportunity I've missed out on there to have a really awesome joke <laughs> and use the road to Pudition instead. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it got weird guys. I mean, not that it wasn't weird already, but it got really weird. So like, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> just can't so when we first were recording that it was still pretty cold outside and so the uh the mad pooper we'll call him kind of uh yeah. he she they i don't know maybe it's multiple people but uh they like slowed down they they uh i think they were 
you know, probably the threat of frostbite on their cheeks was, was uh, <laughs> getting them to use the proper facilities. I don't know, but we hit this little warm up, and it started happening like multiple times a week. I mean, it's getting hard to dodge the uh, foreign material sitting there on the road. Yeah. And there's just, no to- you know, toilet paper blowing everywhere. And, you know, not that I don't judge this person enough already for choosing to uh, take a dump in the middle of a gravel road, but they use single ply TP. I mean, oh, man. Of, of <laughs> at least have some have some self-respect person i mean don't do that to yourself so so we know we know now that that whoever the mad pooper is they are a fair weather mad pooper and they are a cheapskate they use single ply tp so it's uh i i have a theory really i have a theory i gotta hear it man they go eat at McDonald's, steal mm. the roll of toilet paper, and then they have such a hard time that they have to just go in the middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs> that is very plausible. <laughs> the, the single plot just really wraps that up nicely. <laughs> <laughs> literally literally oh man no it's uh it's it's bizarre well and then here's like the kind of the craziest thing about it so right in the hot zone for where all the the uh the uh pooping's being done uh the other day i'm on my way to work and there's this car with like unmarked plates just sitting there mm. And, uh, you know, I kind of like do like a look over. I'm like, what's going on? You know, you guys broken down or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, there's somebody in there. And so I just like, okay, they must just be, you know, looking at their phone or something, taking a nap or whatever. And as I go to pull forward, like that person took offense to me, like looking at their car. And um, they they like hopped out of their car and like started like shouting something at me or something. And uh um, you know, it had that right amount of craziness that just mm. made me think that maybe I was getting close to who the mad pooper might be, you know, wow. traveling around unmarked vehicle, single ply, and, uh, probably had McDonald's for breakfast or something. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Sounds, sounds like it. We're, go. we're closing sounds in. Sounds like you're a believer, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the best lead I have so far. So that's uh the the situation is still ongoing and I'm getting ever more tempted to go down to the person's house who's closest to that, knocking on their door and say, Hey, what do you think about me putting a trail camera out? And just uh <laughs> see see what they think. Seriously. You guys better believe if I do end up doing that, I will be uh uh sharing the footage with you. And, uh, yep. you know, it, Alex, now that you're doing business up in Canada, all of a sudden your phone's going to buzz. You're in some like important meeting. Maybe you'll be like a screen sharing up on a, on a projector or something. And, uh, that, that image is just going to pop up on your phone. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to silence your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Do not disturb takes on a whole new meaning. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like, uh, ignore this one right here. Oh man. No, it's, it all, it's life is always interesting around here. It is. And, uh, not everything has been, uh, quite so weird. Um, 
you know, we're going to talk here a little bit about uh, what's been going on in the shed woods for me and Brandon out there in Delaware. And uh, we're going to hit turkeys and we're talk a little bit more about Alex and my bear plans coming together here real soon. But um, if you've been following me on on Instagram lately, you'll be no, you'll, I think I mentioned this in one of the previous episodes, all my posts have been alternating between CRP burns and, uh, picking up sheds. And, uh, so we know enough about the shed hunting, right? But the CRP burning has been a big part of my spring so far. And, uh, man, is that enjoyable? You know, you guys already know my, my new job is going to be, um, you know, I, I guess you would say my, my title will be prairie farmer <laughs> and an important part about managing grassland habitat is periodic prescribed controlled burns, right? These, uh, the, this process is really, you know, something that has obviously been a natural part of when, you know, there were, there were still the vast prairies here in the Midwest and in the plains that we really don't see anymore. Um, lightning strikes could do it, you know, all sorts of ways that, that this could happen. You know, we see how some of the fires out West, how they, you know, you can have a situation where a tree gets struck by lightning and literally down in the roots for, I think from what I've heard before, it could be like weeks you have this fire just kind of smoldering in an old dead tree or something. And then all of a sudden Mm. the wind picks Mm -hmm. up, scatters a few embers and really whips that thing into a blaze, you know, however it would happen, probably I would guess that lightning strikes were the main thing. I mean, I suppose once we had people on the landscape more, maybe some careless uh, burning or something or, or campfire Mm. or something could, could cause it. But, but uh, we also hear historical records of some of the indigenous people uh, intentionally burning off some sections of prairie and uh, it's, it's good for the prairie. I mean, it's part of it. It it breaks down that old undergrowth that uh, you know, that thatch that builds up along the uh, uh, flat against the the soil and uh, allows Mm -hmm. for a greater stem count puts a lot of that nutrient back on the soil. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's just been really cool to, I did it for the first time last year, uh, but I've done it a lot so far this spring and just seeing how that's, uh, that's been going. I still have a lot to do this spring actually, <laughs> but just seeing how that, that just is so healthy for the, the ground has been a, uh, yeah. has, has just been a, a cool thing to be a part of. And, and I know Alex wants to come, uh, help sometime because uh he was like I do. he's like that looks like something i could get into <laughs> oh yeah I, I, when i had my uh hunting property up uh up here in michigan i was close to doing one i sure i you know done a whole deal around up and killed kind of off a whole area and then i wanted to to do that but you know just it didn't work out that year and then i had sold it but I, sure. i'd love to get into that just just sheer for the experience of it it's just something else to add to my tool bucket right yeah yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. right you know when you when you get to participate in stuff like that that's exactly how i view it it's it's another thing to add into the tool bucket another experience that that brings us closer to the land and uh you just get to kind of see a different side of of the habitat that we spend so much time in with almost a singular focus right if all we ever do is walk into the woods when we hunt 
I mean, you just miss out on so much. I think if you only view it from that context, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. the more holistic of a understanding that you can get, I think it makes you a better outdoorsman, better hunter, better angler, yeah. you know, to, to get out there and do that. So I'd encourage you guys, you know, if you have uh, any influence like that on any property, maybe some you own, maybe some your family owns, you know, definitely you got to be safe. Can't, can't have a poor game plan going into it. Can't burn when it's 25 mile an hour winds, <laughs> but you, it, it's worth, it's worth it to get in there and do that. And already seeing the regrowth now popping up, man, it's just a thing of beauty. I actually uh, got a video of that. Mm. Caleb was out helping me burn. Uh, most recently I, I was driving into the field and I had him shoot some footage of some of the stuff we burned a couple of weeks ago. And uh, man, it's just beautiful. And uh, with that, you know, we haven't seen it in the new growth yet. It's not tall enough, although I'm sure they've been enjoying pecking for bugs and, and, uh, you know, whatever else I can find. been seeing a lot of pheasants running around here in Iowa. So looks like, uh, you know, yeah. we, ha we had another pretty mild winter and, you know, that's good for the pheasants. I think we need to be asking some questions mm -hmm. of why are we having so many mild winters, but, uh, um, you know, at least as far as the pheasants go, that's been good. And, uh, nesting season yeah. is you know, kind of we're in the breeding season now uh, and uh, hens are going to be uh, dropping eggs here really soon. So a uh, lot to enjoy about spring here in Iowa. And, and again, I just want to encourage you to find a new way to participate on the ground that you that you get to hunt or shed hunt or uh, whatever. Right. Talk to talk to the landowner owner and, you know, don't offer advice. But maybe just be like, hey, if you ever wanted to do a burn, let me know. I'd love to help. You know, if you ever need yeah. help with any of the chores around the farm, love to help. And uh, Caleb's mm -hmm. actually been been doing a lot of that kind of volunteering for for uh, farmers around here that have given him some some hunting and shed hunting permission. You know, he's like, hey, you ever need help with fence or or I think he's helping one farmer plant actually this spring. Nice. It's uh, you know good way to to get more involved so that's been that's been a, a big part of what i've been doing in the outdoors but the other part shed hunting been my best year ever and yeah you've had you've had an amazing year oh man it. yeah it's it's been i feel super blessed to to have had the experience that i've gotten to have so far this spring and i'll get into that in a little bit here but i've been doing so much talking right now that we need to hear from brandon the uh the favorite delawarean that we have uh yeah. you guys i mean when i saw that thing i was like could it be yeah there's no way yeah they did it they found it yeah professor yeah X i mean it was survived yeah, i mean it was really right? yeah I mean, it was really a cool situation. I mean, so, you know, we, uh, which I actually didn't mean to, to put a post up, but, you know, we, we, um, you know, we, we just got a group of guys together, you know, we decided, you know, and we all know how tough it is, you know, the older you get, you know, you try to get people together and, you know, it's hard to work out schedules and everything, but we were yeah. able to work it out to where, you know, we all got together. We were going to, you know, basically just kind of have a guy's day. It was right around my youngest brother's birthday. So we were going to go out. We we're going to just do some shooting. We actually got some really cool video. Of, we brought, uh, uh, we brought like 15 of our deer heads up to the woods 
um, and basically just kind of positioned them in the woods and did kind of some drone footage and some different things, kind of like Cannon on oh, Cannon cool. on the. Uh, yeah, it was really neat. It was some really good footage, and uh, just kind of relive the memories a little bit. And then we were doing some shooting. We had uh, we had a couple of explosives out there. We set off. People were probably like, "What is going on around here?" <laughs> and uh, it was great. It was great. We had some tannerite, so we and uh, we like combined uh, two or three of them together. And man, we just had a great time. Oh, that's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. And then they were like, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and do some shed hunting. Let's walk through. Let's you know and and you know it, it, we didn't necessarily have a high high hope but we thought man this this deer has been on this property just uh, with with the exception of a six-week stint right in the pre-rut time frame for the last two years other than that he has pretty much been just constantly on this property and so we walked through you know walking through the, the main bedding area the transition areas between food and bed and uh, not finding anything and once you know it um you know, we had gone through and, and Joel, who's one of the guys that that I've been mentoring the last couple of years, is able to help him get his first deer this past sure. year. He yeah. pulled up and he got out of his truck after we had, we were already walking through. So he just was by himself, pulled up, only ended up walking, I think like 50 yards and stumbled upon the shed. I mean, he's, you know, he's never really? gone shed hunting, you know, like the literally no joke, the rest of us. We've been shed hunting. We've gone, we've done it. We've gone through it. We're walking through, we're making a few passes. He walks in 50 yards, boom, finds the shed. And I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was so funny the way it happened that it, that it was him, so awesome. you know, he's, you know, he's, yes. I mean, it was just, he was just blown. And I mean, as soon as everyone saw it, everyone immediately knew it was his shed because it's, it's kind of a mistakeable when you see it in person too, especially because of the, 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 uh, a little bit of the palmation, a little bit of the, yeah. uh, just the, the mass on it. Um, just really unmistakable. And I mean, it was just, you know, it was just, it, it already got us even more amped up, you know, for next year to see what he's going to turn into. And that is just the, the type of stuff that dreams are made of. So it was really a, just a really cool finish to the day of just being able to, hang out together, enjoy some time, and then cap it off with kind of looking forward to what's what's to come in the next year. Yeah, for sure. So I didn't realize that it was jo- it, Joel that ended up finding it. That's awesome. So, yeah, so first-gen cool. hunter getting out Good there and getting yeah. it done. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Well, then, <laughs> yeah. so have you guys done any looking for the other side? I mean, it's probably getting to be – a little too uh green right now but yeah it, yeah we've been we kind of like immediately set our focus towards turkey out and after that we haven't really haven't really been able to have the time to do too much more shed hunting although man to find to find find a matching set man i'll tell you what that would be and now at this point if we don't find it man we just gotta we just gotta really make the deal happen next year because this is going to be third year of history coming up with this buck and man you know he's he's made he's made one mistake each year and that is it. He has made one. So, and interestingly, you know, a buck like this, you know, just to speak to how smart a deer like this is, this buck for the last two years has disappeared for six weeks, right during the, the pre-rut and just before peak rut. He disappears. He, he goes and he transitions to another property, whether that's a mile away or five miles away. I don't know, but he transitions and obviously is very smart while he's doing so. And then he transitions right back. And then he's, he's back for all of the rest of you know, November, you know, November, December, January, and then clear yeah. on through the spring. And so, I mean, it's just really, really cool to see 
how smart these animals are oh, and the yeah. respect you have for them. And uh, we've talked about this many times, but, you know, in many circles, people think, you know, hunters are bloodthirsty and, and, you know, and certainly, you know, some may fall into that category and we wouldn't support that. But I mean, it, it, you know, for the majority, you know, it's, it's the hunters that are conserving things. It's the, it's the hunters oh, that are preserving yeah. land. It's the hunters that respect the, 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 the opportunity to hunt and the animals that we pursue. And I mean, even whether, whether or not we ever have the opportunity to harvest this deer, I mean, part, of course, part of me is like, man, I kind of hope we don't. You know, it's almost like that yeah. legend that, yeah. you know, it, it would just always be a legend, you know. So, I mean, it's just the respect that you have for it and the opportunity to, to, to go through the journey of pursuit. I mean, man, you you learn so much through that, and it's just it's no different than in life. You know, you learn through the journey. You don't learn through the uh, the highs. You know, you learn through the journey. So the, the chance to pattern these things and learn through the journey is, has been incredible. We're looking forward to continuing it next year. Yeah, no doubt. And the fact of the matter remains that, that, uh, it's still a great story already, you know, even, even let's say professor X, you know, hopefully this wouldn't happen, but gets hit by a car in velvet this summer, you know, the -hmm. story that's already there is already great. There's already just so much drama around it. And even the, this extra, this extra piece of finding one of his sheds, where's the other one, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, like there's just, there's, there's such a good story there already, but I agree. I hope, I hope, uh, you guys get a, close the the final page on that story next year and i hope i hope it's you brandon yeah. that, that gets man gets to do I, that i tell you i would be i would be tickled but you know i tell you it's uh it, it's 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 interesting and fun to see other people have success and you know as a you know we talk about the, the you know doing things like a club and doing things like you know, inviting friends and, and, you know, what that, what that really might mean, you know, if you're willing to do it, it might mean that you yourself get less opportunity at maybe a key deer that you're pursuing or something like that. But the reality is, you know, you you can be, you can go about it a couple different ways. You know, a lot of people like the, Hey, I'm going alone. I'm doing it. I'm doing my, I'm doing it my way. I'm, I'm pursuing trophy animals and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, Hey, that's great. Um, I, you know, really personally, I really love to see people have success and, you know, it's, what's cool is when I have success, people are, people are cheering me on and, mm. and, you know, really rooting for me. And it's the same when someone else has success, man, I'm cheering them on. And, you know, it's, it's cool when you're with a group of people that, you know, when, when, when you get something, they're like more excited for you than they would be for them. And when they get yeah. something, you're more excited for them than you would be for you. And that's, that's really special. And it really makes you really drives you to want to see people have success so you can celebrate it together. So it's cool to be in an environment where there's, it's really not a competition. You, you feel like you're a team, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that may, it just adds so much of an element to it. And so, yeah, well, you might, you might not be able to get to pursue, you know, going that, you know, in your favorite spot every time or, you know, whatever, because of, you know, sharing things, it, it, it amplifies it in so many other ways. And so the benefit is just awesome. So looking forward to hopefully a good team, team plan going into this next year and uh hopefully we'll have some success and like you said we'll we'll be able to close the close the book on that chapter and and man hopefully it'll be a great last chapter we get to write yeah definitely now now before we get off the topic here a little bit so Mm. when you guys are bringing the i'm just picturing this bringing the deer heads out to the woods were you like positioning them where you harvested these deer in the past is that was that what you were doing? You know, that's a great point. That, you know, it's a great point. We 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 have shot we have shot many of them, several of them on that property. 
Um, what we, what we kind of did is we positioned them almost like to tell a story, like of just like a, the, a journey that we've kind of all been on. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, we all have, you know, uh, a trophy room or, you know, maybe just a wall with a few deer heads. And it's just, it's pretty cool to look at that and think about the memories that are tied to it. And it was kind of cool to have several of us guys just kind of bring them up and, you know, a lot of the memories that we all have together, you know, it's cool because you, you don't, you don't, a lot of these year heads, you know, of course you don't see them because they're in other people's homes and whatnot. And, you know, right. you, you know about it because obviously you were there and initially when it happened, but then when you do that, you just get to remember all those memories, much of which was tied up together because you experienced it together. You watched it get harvested together. You saw the, the, you know, for instance, the, the, uh, the one, the one deer that I got a few years ago on a piece I got by myself and I told this story, but you know, but uh, that same night, another one of our guys shot a, shot a big buck. No one else knew that I shot a deer. So I thought, man, I'm going to get this thing home super quick. No one's going to know anything. I'm going to drag this thing in the backyard. And then, you know, everyone else got, got back. We're celebrating this other day. I said, all right, guys, bring it in the back. We'll get some pictures. And then everyone's just like stunned. They're like seeing another <laughs> big buck in the backyard. And it was, I mean, it was just like, it was a very surreal. So I wish I had asked someone to get it on video, like someone that, like my wife or someone who was at the house knew what was going on because what, what ensued was just basically six grown men jumping up and down, high fiving, <laughs> just like, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was, it was epic. I mean, it was just like, you know, we're celebrating one and then it's like, then all of us in, in a second's notice realized, no, we're actually celebrating two deer. And I mean, then it's, you know, it's just, you know, you can't even, you really can't even embody it in words, but you know, it just, it's, it's, it's special to be able to go down memory lane. I'm, I've always been a big proponent of, man, give me, give me a chance to just look at a, look at a, a wall of deer heads or, or talk to someone else about their story with their mount or something. And I mean, it's just something special about going down memory. I mean, quite frankly, it's one of the most special things I think the Lord gave us is the opportunity to have memories, reflect on them, learn from them, enjoy them. So, man, I, I almost nothing better than that. Man, that's that's awesome, and uh, I love how <laughs> how nuanced that is, and that's what I love about hunting. Yeah. You know, like what a mm. cool little way of celebrating that. You know, yeah, I do think of that. You know, when you find. Like when you, for me, you know, being an avid shed hunter, well, each year you're mm -hmm. you know, honestly, each shed you find is what you're most interested in at the, in at the time. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's like, it feels so good to go back and look at the old trophies, you know, or for me, you know, I, yeah. I got my first shoulder mount buck this year and I've got it proudly yeah. displayed in my living room and I get to see that one all the time, but I, it's still fun to go and see all the ones that you know, probably didn't quite justify being big enough to drop the coin for a shoulder mount, but we're mm. still, you know, mm -hmm. good, good, solid bucks that I was just proud, yeah. proud to have harvested. It's fun to go back and, and look at those and, and appreciate those too. So I think that's uh that's a really cool thing that you guys did. And I think you should keep up that tradition every few years, you know, just to yes. kind of go back and, and you know, what else that does is it, it, uh, you know, kind of helps your family know the story because it is kind of the sad reality of taxidermy and hunting is, you know, when a hunter passes away someday and here's all of his old mounts, you know, the kids, mm. are, kids are kind of like, yeah, what do you do with them? You know, type of situation. Right. And, 
And if they know the stories behind them, maybe they'll be interested yeah. in hanging on to a couple of them, or they could at least right. maybe get them to get them to a uh, mu- local museum or something, or a nature center, right. or or sure. uh, uh, maybe you know uh, uh, maybe even like a library or something. You know, some some place mm-hmm. local that that would uh, be willing to display some of that and they could pass the story on too. So I think it's good to, yeah. to share that information around. So, but no, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Glad you guys picked up that professor X shed. I just got on my phone here to take a look at that shed again. Now that we were talking about it and it is a dandy. Yeah. That thing is like, yeah, it, it yeah, is man. very palmated. Yes. <laughs> so it's a, that's a really cool buck and a really cool shed for, for Joel to pick up. So, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Well, it has been my best year for shed hunting as well. It would have been would have been awesome if we could have had uh, Caleb on here to describe kind yeah. of how this unfolded since so much of our shed season was spent together. But um, yeah, I'm I, curious to hear you know, oh, kind of a little bit about you know how you guys had so much success and everything. Yeah, it was it was a good shed season starting out of the gate. I mean, I did a lot of like Mm -hmm. empty shed hunts at the beginning of the year when most antlers are still on, on bucks heads, but I needed to be out Mm -hmm. hiking in preparation for, um, our bear hunt. So I've, I've put in a lot of miles of spring starting clear back in January, but, um, I think I found, I did, I found my first three sheds of the year on Valentine's day with Jonas and uh it's just like mm. one of those things where where it's like um uh, at that time that's the most i'd ever found in one day for shed hunting yeah. was was three you know i've had a couple times where i found found two in a day not and and mm-hmm. so we we found those three and it's like all right this is feeling pretty good and then went out and uh um on that same landowner's property that that Jonas and I had permission to be looking on, uh, I went to a different part of his property and found a really old one, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all busted up and and probably yeah. you know, three or four year old shed laying out there. And uh, so I was at four, and then you know it, four is a decent number for for most average shed hunters, and with his oh up, yeah, you know up and down of of a year as it's been for busyness and adjustments that we've been making you know we've obviously we had Mm -hmm. the big move and it wasn't just you know bring all your stuff into the new house and get settled in immediately we had the huge the huge projects going on with the rewiring and and everything so i've been doing a lot of work on the house and and you know just everything's been kind of kind of day by day you know so it's like well at Mm -hmm. this point you know it's pretty good shed season all things considered but then I get introduced to Caleb. We can talk about that more later, how that all connection came to be. And he got some, yeah. some dynamite permission for us. And uh, the first day we went out was during my spring break. I only had like an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes to go one morning. And uh, I found two and Caleb found one. And it's like, man, this is cool. So, you know, then I'm up to six. And uh, then... Um, so let's see after that we uh uh you know i've probably had done some more shed hunting on my own around here and and uh uh i went with um um my really good friend luke fritch back from where we moved from and he found one i didn't find any that day and and uh 
um, Jake and I took a big shed hunting trip where I tested out a bunch of my, my gear for the bear hunt. I uh, did a camp out overnighter and, and, uh, we checked out some public ground, we, but we didn't find any on the trip. We drove a long ways, spent a lot of time looking, didn't find any. And, uh, finally, um, I think the next one was here on our farm. I had, I've talked about that story before found one here. So that that put me, I think that was number, uh, yeah, that would have been number seven. And then things just went crazy. So Caleb, you know, he's, he's in the process of moving here. His wife is, is back at, at the other place at, at that point, because, uh, she's finished, you know, was finishing up working there and everything. So they're kind of, he's, he's here working during the week. Doesn't have much to do after work. Cause he doesn't know hardly anybody. So, you know, he's yeah. eager to go shed hunting. So it's like, yeah, I'll go shed hunting with you. I love going shed hunting. It's pretty close to where I work. And that's when things really kind of went crazy. Um, my brother-in-law who actually introduced us, um, he was visiting, uh, with my sister and my uh, nieces and nephew. I was like, Hey Ben, you want to go out and uh do some do some uh shed hunting with Caleb. He's like, "Yeah, sure, that'd be great." Ben was actually with me when I found my first ever shed, <laughs> which was mm. an, an urban park shed. There was like oh, wow. it was a yeah, it was a pretty big uh uh park and it had a lot of timber on it and so a lot of those city deer were hanging out in there and as the first ever shed I found was with him and he's actually the guy the first voice you hear on this podcast every episode he uh he's the one who uh uh you know introduces the the show and uh yeah he uh so he tags along and we probably hadn't shed hunted together since that time that's how long it's been mm. probably six seven mm-hmm. actually more like seven or eight years ago and uh so we we um get together go shed hunting with caleb and things just start out hot out of the gate caleb picks one up in this uh like big uh patch of cedars that we're in and then i walk around the corner find a little forky and from there it just like i find one more really old one but pretty much in perfect condition uh sitting under another cedar tree and then we're kind of walking back to go try this other area that we literally were going to spend like 20 minutes on because we had a by this point we needed to get back to the house we already had three sheds between the the three of us at this point mm-hmm. and then i find this mondo this giant split g2 really old yeah chewed up pretty bad but just Mm -hmm. a mondo shed and uh uh so at that point you know it's just like man this is a great day i just hit three sheds in a day again um everything's everything's good we're like all right we got like you know 20 minutes to go check out this other piece that looked pretty good that caleb and i saw the other day and I'm not fooling you guys. Within one minute of stepping foot on this other property, well, same same landowner, but different different part of the farm. I had a shed, so that was number four. Then Ben at this nice. point, so Caleb's got one. I've got four. Ben's got none yet. He's never found a shed in his life. He like sees me pick ah. that pick that one up, and I'm like feeling guilty because like man, I should have let Ben walk this waterway first and it's like great you know i found probably the one shed that's going to be over here and then ben just like he just like 
like beelines right past me. He doesn't even wait to see me pick up my four shed, you know, cause he's like, I've seen you pick up enough sheds. Today. <laughs> and, and, uh, he's like hustling down this waterway and then he's like, got one. And it is one of the coolest sheds I've ever seen in my life. I mean, just a weird, weird shed, uh, nice size, real chunky. Um, Three, nice. probably, probably two and a half, three and a half year old buck, you know, so not huge, but, but it was nice sized. And, and just because it was yeah. such, such a freakish antler, it was, it was really cool. And, uh, then, uh, uh, that, then it, the avalanche started, Caleb finds one. Uh, I, I spot another one with my binoculars, grab that one. So now I'm up to five, Caleb's up to two, Ben's up to one and uh then caleb i think found uh let's see so we're at that we're seven eight caleb then found three more sheds so caleb and i each walked away with five that night ben walked away with one and that was all within 15 20 minutes of shed hunting at the end of the night i mean just absolutely wild and so of course you know we had to quit just because we had to get home but uh, we go back to the same spot, find several more sheds on that property, and uh, one another really nice big one. And uh, um, then we Caleb starts. He's a, Caleb is the world's best permission ask asker. He like starts going around right. knocking on all these doors, gets us more permission yeah. on neighbor properties, and we're finding more and more. And uh, long story short, I found. Um, the biggest shed, probably the highest scoring shed I've ever found. Um, nice. Uh, maybe a week and a half after that. Well, two weeks after that, probably I, I had gotten skunked. Caleb had picked up two on this neighboring property where we got permission and we were driving back to my truck and we had driven past this big old split G2 shed, perfect condition, sitting right out in the wide open in a bean field. Uh, and, and, you know, we had permission on it. So it wasn't like one of those deals where it's on the other side of the fence and I got to go knock on the door to get it. You know, it was, it, it was just perfect. I literally jumped out of the truck while we were still moving and, uh, (laughs) ran and it's sprinted, picked that one up. And, uh, yeah, that one, that one was really special. And so that, that got me to, uh, 18 on the year. And then, um, I found one more little forky with the kids and Caleb one night after work. And, uh, yeah. finally this weekend back in Illinois with my great friend, Luke Fritch and, uh, picked up an absolute hammer of a, uh, four point side actually found the same nice. exact side off that buck last year, about a half mile from there. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, he put on a lot of inches. He was probably, I mean, based on his antler from last year, I would say for sure, at least a three and a half, but probably a four and a half last year. So I'm guessing I just picked up his five and a half year old shed, you know, a five and a half year old buck shed fresh. It was fresh, you know, no chews on it or anything. And, uh, just, just another beautiful antler. And I, I really feel you know, more than content at this point. And so I really think if I find another shed, it's going to be while doing a CRP burn or, uh, glassing one up while we're in Montana, Alex, which, you know, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for while I'm, uh, yeah. you, while I'm using that spotting scope that I rented from, uh, East to West hunts and, uh, <laughs> the tripod that I'll be mounting my <laughs> binos to. 
It's uh, it's it's just been such a tremendous year. I feel so blessed picking up 20 sheds. You know, Caleb and I, after we had that dynamite night, we just kind of stood there like talking to each other and we're like, dude, let's let's find 20 this year. We can do it. We can find 20. And uh, Caleb hit 21 and I hit 20. So uh, pretty, pretty awesome. 41 sheds between the two of us just uh wow and none of this is on you know not not to knock guys that do this or anything like that but i know some guys put out like piles of corn and stuff to try and get sheds and and stuff like that and there's nothing nothing wrong but i think you miss something when you do that you know yeah like this is this is piecing things together obviously having the permission for prime ground is so key to it but um caleb and i are definitely gonna we'll, we'll bring caleb on and we'll do, you know, like a shed hunting minutia podcast or something and just yeah. talk about everything we learned from being an incredible shedding country this year and really got a feel for the zone now. You know, when I when I found this last one, I told Luke we were walking. I'm like, man, we're in it right now. We're in the zone. We're going to find a shed here with, within you know, no time. And nice. sure enough, you know, it wasn't five minutes after saying that we'll walk on that hammer. I mean, it's just like you, the, the amount of knowledge that I was able to gain this year from, from this season of shed hunting is just uh, taught me so much about what deer are doing that time of year. And, and, or and mm. Brandon, you were kind of just talking about this, you know, getting to see how these deer do what they do, you know, um, yeah. through the, through shed hunting, but also through, uh, CRP burning. I've been seeing that deer are already back in their summer habitat. You know what I mean? They're, they've shifted, yeah. they, they've, they've hit a switch in their brain and they moved, you know, yeah. but if all I ever did was ever observe deer when I'm in the woods in the fall, you know, I'm never going to know that about these animals. And I think it's so important to right. know, know about them beyond just hunting season. You know, it's just, I, th- I think it helps us value them better and not fall prey to that temptation that as you i think very wisely mentioned you know uh, a minority of hunters kind of fall prey to which is kind of that bloodthirsty kill 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 them all uh mindset you know and and you know you never want to view them that way so yeah i think just very important to to be able to appreciate them in that way so been an awesome Mm -hmm. shed season but now yeah now Thank you. Thank you very much. And now it's time for turkeys, right? Yes. So Alex, Talk actually, we, we we haven't heard you from you in a little while now. Are you, are you going to have time to fit turkeys in, in Michigan this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got a turkey hunt next weekend with uh, three clients. Awesome. So are you going to the same, yeah, was, same place? Yeah. You know, I, I think I mentioned it on some, uh, like an earlier podcast, but you know, my goal was to take some clients out as kind of a camaraderie deal this year. So this is uh, this is my first round of it. So I got three clients coming up, and we're heading up to my my cabin, and uh, we're just doing a weekend. So it's just a Saturday Sunday kind of shindig, and I'm sure we're I'm sure we're gonna come back with some uh, with some gobblers. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. Nice. I'm glad you're doing it because I. I, I now that you're saying that I remember you mentioning that a few months ago that that was your plan but I was like man I wonder if Alex has just been too busy to because I hadn't heard you talk about it in a while but I'm glad you're getting out and going because I know you enjoy that and you're a good turkey hunter so that'll be oh yeah 
and honestly, Michigan. I love them. Yeah, Michigan's probably what a top three turkey state. You yeah. think? And it's either three or four, uh, according to uh, the uh, Turkey Federation. Okay, sure, sure. I'm going to guess that number one's probably Wisconsin. Is that mm. is that uh does that sound right to uh, you? I think it. I think it's a good guess. I'm not sure, but you know the the Midwest states for sure. They they hit hard uh, for for the for the for the top marks there. So we're just. We're in a good spot relative to just, you know, from where we were years ago to now, just, you know, the habitat and, you know, really the management turkeys have just flourished. So it's been, it's been really good. And if you have, if you have any kind of good land access, including public land, but if you got private land access, you're going to, you're going to see a lot of turkeys, uh, which is, which is fun. I went scouting two weekends ago and God, the amount of turkeys I saw out was just wild. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And you know what else is cool about turkeys is it it's such a different way of hunting that mm-hmm. um it it really grows you as a hunter, but also you know, I've never gone waterfowl hunting before. I've mentioned that multiple times on this podcast. And a big reason for that is you need so much gear that is totally different from deer hunting or pheasant hunting, you know what I mean? Or even Western hunting. Like there's very little overlap in your gear with waterfowl hunting and, and those other types of hunting. But with turkey hunting, there's a lot of that gear that you can, you can use for both, you know? And, oh yeah. I mean, you're going to have to buy the calls. You're going to have to get some decoys probably, uh, maybe a blind or something, maybe a chair, but, but really, uh, a lot less stuff you need for that and a lot of your other gear you can reuse. So I think it's definitely worthwhile for anyone tuning in to, to plan on, on going. And I'm going to throw it in right now. I'm also planning to go uh, this coming weekend with my dad and Jonas, my son. And that's uh, a tradition we started last year. And um, nice. yeah, it's, you know, having my dad there is obviously he's, you know, he's not hunting himself, so he can't quote unquote, like participate in the hunt. Right. So he can't be like saying, Oh, I see yeah. one over there or whatever, you know, or, or whatever. So he's yeah. got to sit quiet while it's happening, but just see, seeing him like smile when he hears a turkey gobble or something, or, you know, sees a hen out running around, you know, is <clears throat> in front of our blind or something. That's like, that's, that's a special time. Plus, it makes it possible to bring Jonas around along because then I've got somebody who can, who can help keep Jonas occupied and, <laughs> and uh, keep him quiet and take the village. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a, we, we probably look like a bumbling bunch of, uh, of, uh, first gen hunters out there, uh, trying to figure out turkeys, but we actually heard some last year, saw some, uh, now we know where to, pitcher blind a little bit closer to the action this year but um i'm yeah. really looking forward to that that's a that's a special weekend and you know i don't i wouldn't say our odds are real high although i've seen some turkeys running around there i've had them on trail camera and stuff so they're definitely there and i'm hoping that that we can connect on one but brandon you guys have already had some success out your way yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a pretty cool start to the season, uh, for us. We've still got a few weeks left, but 
man, we've had, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, taking your kids out, yeah, you know, same kind of deal. Uh, my brother, Phil has a rhino blind that he set up. And I mean, uh, my son and Ethan and I were able to hunt in it earlier in, you know, in deer season. And it was great. I mean, you know, just really let you enjoy the experience a bit more. And, and it's a less, it's less restrictive. I mean, you know, I, I was thinking recently how, how tough it is to be a kid, how, how much we tell kids, no, you know, no, stop, stop, sit down. No, stop. No. It's like, man, you gotta be as yeah. a kid, like my goodness, you know, but then to be able to be in a blind and just kind of enjoy and you can move and, you know, so, so, uh, opening day of Turkey, uh, I t- took him out when we had at least six around, at least six in, in basically all around us. And, wow. uh, ultimately they were, they were all hand up. We ended up seeing, we ended up seeing five of them include two, uh, three of them were strutting right next to our truck tires <laughs> on the blacktop. <laughs> wow. Could you not? <laughs> <laughs> Kid you not, to, uh, another group came up later. They drove up while we were still set up. And as they were driving down, they literally, they were they were right next to the truck tire strutting and then went off into the woods when they saw the car coming. So, I mean, just cool experience. You know, we're hearing, hearing the gobbles. Ethan's enjoying and having a good time. But then fast forward, you know, a couple more weeks. And, uh, you know, we were out, here, out there this past week. And uh, we felt really good about the opportunity. You know, we've been seeing some birds, doing some scouting in the evenings, you know, and um, sure. went out there. Uh, one of our guys from uh, up in the northern part of the state came down. And so we were, we were hopeful to maybe get him his first, bir- first bird. But uh, my brother, Phil, also, we were hoping to get him his first bird. And uh, we had birds all around us. Uh, it, unfortunately, the only downside was I was all set to film. I, I was calling. And, uh, man, they're gobbling. It's exciting. So just, just as, you know, we're, man, we're excited about, you know, potential of them coming in birds right behind us just start gobbling loud. (laughs) And so Keith and I turn around and we're facing the other way. Two minutes after I turn around, birds walk right out of the other side, Uh. literally right across the road. and, And I mean, these birds, once again, these birds would have crossed within I mean, we were hunting 75 yards from our, from our vehicles. I mean, that's, wow. this, is, this is the setup there. They walked right across the road, no more than 10 yards from our vehicles, walked right across the wow. road. And because of the angle and everything, I couldn't move to turn back around to film. And I mean, it was just perfect, came, strutted in. There was, a, uh, there was an albino hen and really? two standard hens, dead serious, albino <laughs> hen. And we have it on cam. We have it on trail cam. Super cool. And uh, two regular hens, big gobbler came in. He made quick work of it. They ended up getting some good video and some great pictures as well. But, uh, I mean, it was just a really cool experience. Right after that, these the other birds just out of sight in the woods, they're, they're still gobbling up a storm. So we were hoping that they would come in and, you know, never never ultimately end up doing it. But then, you know, so we thought, man, all right, this is great. We got some pictures, had, you know, excited. So, you know, interestingly, we're, here we are, we're driving up, we're basically, all right, let's, let's drive up to the diner. We, we get in the field right next to our property. And as we're driving by one of the guys, one of the guys notices what looks to be a bird sitting out, laying out in the field, 15 yards off the road. So we, we turned back around and kid you not, you could see the feathers right along the road's edge where one of these gobblers 
had walked from our property across the road and I guess didn't make it all the way and got struck by a vehicle. And I mean, I mean, barely any damage to this, to this bird, a little bit of feathers knocked off the, like the belly area. Um, the one of our guy, you know, cause here in Delaware, you can only, you can take one bearded bird a year sure. and that's it. You're tagged out. So, so, you know, we really didn't want this bird to go to waste, you know, it, it really barely any damage to it. So he decided to go ahead and tag it and, and, you know, take nice. that as his bird for this year, but, uh, which was great. Cause you, yeah. you, know, you hate to see things go to waste. And, uh, interestingly, he said later, you know, he, he put, he had it in the pot that night. He was ready. He was excited. That's awesome. Um, there, uh, a rib broke and pierced its heart. And that was the extent of the damage. Wow. <laughs> well, so just like, glanced, so, I mean, just like glanced off the yeah. car or something. I mean, it was, that it is was I mean, the entire bird, the fan, everything was in pristine condition. I mean, it was. Beautiful bird had like an 11 inch beard, beautiful bird. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of got, it just kind of added to the story. You know, here we oh, are, you yeah. know, my brother Phil gets his first bird. I get the call, you know, doing the call in. he, he gets it. Then we're, you know, then we almost by extension, get this other one. It was just a really cool story. So, I mean, we, we, we've had, uh, we've had, had birds all over several of our properties. So, I mean, we're planning to get back up there this weekend and hopefully we can get another guy or two, their first bird. So, you know, once again, just cool to see cool to see people get, you know, even people that have been hunting for years, you know, see them get their first, their first bird or their first, whatever type of game species. I mean, man, it just, it just adds that extra element. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's an awesome, I mean, man, what a, (laughs) what a crazy, but (laughs) awesome turkey season so far. So do you guys have any season left, Brandon? Yep. Yep. So we've got basically two weekends left. So we've got two weekends left where, I mean, we, the birds are, the birds are around. We had a couple of the guys were out this morning, had three gobblers within 75 yards. Just couldn't, just couldn't close the distance. We still have like another five that are just frequenting the property, another one of our properties. So, I mean, I, I feel, I mean, I, I really would love to get Ethan out this weekend and hopefully he, you know, allow him to observe someone getting a bird, which would be really neat. So that's kind of my goal for this weekend. And, you know, we've got one, I think next weekend I'm going to take Joel um, the guy that I've been mentoring. So last year during the last week, last day of the season, I mean, we came so glad we had two gobblers come in. They, they were coming in and just turned around so fast. We were, I mean, we were just, just super, super close to getting the bird down. And, and that really, I think that was his either first or second time going out at all, um, on the Turkey side of things. So sure. next weekend I should be getting him out. So should be a good action packed finish. And then, off to some uh, off to some bass fishing and then some flounder fishing and then man we're ready, we're ready for deer season to start again. <laughs> That's right. You, you oh, guys yeah. you guys end so late and start so early in uh, Delaware yeah, that it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah his, his deer season starts in june so <laughs> that's right we have a fourth of july tradition of going out and trying tagging a buck uh <laughs> oh man that's uh, what. i love it it's i mean you know what it's uh there's always a season to enjoy as we say right that's right that's right, right. 
No, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm excited for you. I hope you guys are able to uh, uh, tag another couple turkeys out there this year on the property, yeah. and uh, hopefully for you personally, Brand, you're able to uh-huh. you're able to be uh, enjoying some turkey nuggets or something. Yeah, uh, here soon. But uh, that's 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 awesome to enjoy this little this little I don't know spring treat mm-hmm. you know is really what mm-hmm. it is yep. we're far awesome. from the fall hunting seasons but turkey season just is kind of a nice little treat in this part these yeah. parts of the country i should say but headed west years yeah. a whole Whoop. new whole new ball game to play right alex <laughs> yeah springtime yeah, springtime <laughs> yeah that's right you, you've done this before but uh <laughs> springtime carries a little bit more weight literally when it comes to hunting Mm -hmm. out west and uh i'm very excited for my first crack at hunting montana black bears and uh you know there's i gotta say there uh, i mean you always feel some kind of pressure when you go hunting, you know that feeling like your first deer hunt of the year and you're like trying yeah. to remember all the gear. You're trying to, you're like climbing back up into the stand again for the first time in a year and you're trying to remember like the coordination of doing so and not falling and breaking in your back or something, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, you know, you're just like trying to, to like get it all down. So there's always some, you know, level of whatever you want to call it, stress, anxiety to your first hunt mm-hmm. of the year. But there is a whole lot more that. That goes into a Western bear hunt. You got the grizzlies. You got mm. um, the big hike, right? At altitude. Yeah. You've got, um, you know, this much more remote scenario, you know, where you got to be careful, you know, don't get hurt. Don't do something stupid. You got mm. to, um, uh, um, train. you know, yeah, train. Yep. You gotta be, yep. Gotta be in good, good, uh, hiking and packing shape. You gotta be, um, able to identify the animal correctly. Boy, when you go through that bear ID course there, you feel some pressure with that. You know, you're, you're, you're sitting there and they're like, you know, if you shoot a grizzly by accident, um, it's a, you know, up to a $50,000 fine and up to a year in, in prison, you know, it's like, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. You'll, you'll know if you see a grizzly. That's right. Well, and, and that's the, that's the, that was the course, you know, they showed you how similar they can look, but you know, I, mm-hmm. I aced the test, got a, got a hundy on it and, uh, nice. you know, I, I feel pretty confident telling the difference and looking at the those key what those key differences are but uh we still got some practice to do for some long range shooting um you know i'm feeling in really good hiking shape like i could uh i mean i've just logged so many miles this spring um but i'm hoping that my cardio with that which i think it is pretty good you know i've done some pretty good elevation training especially uh early this spring and and uh some you know like gains and drops gains and drops you know and mm-hmm. and uh some of that with with even some of the these other farms that i've been shed hunting i know it's iowa though so it's nothing compared to a montana mountainside but um 
you know, I'm feeling pretty good that way. But the thing that I still need to do is something that Alex, you just did is I need to get the pack, which I did do one kind of hike slash run with my pack, um, this spring. Um, but not with a ton of weight yet. I need to get on, you know, I need to get some big boy weight in my pack and, uh, you know, just start because you know, getting your, obviously getting your legs under you is, is number one, right. And, and getting your lungs ready is you know, right up there, but there is just no substituting for anything in the gym with what it feels like to have 50 plus pounds on your, your, your hips, shoulders, back, whatever you want to call it and hiking with that. So uh, actually Rasty and I, yeah. a good friend of mine who's, who's going with me, we're going to try and, and do uh, some of that this weekend where we're, we're, um, you know, strapping on the packs, throwing on the weight nice. and getting out and, uh, you know, just starting to get the shoulders into shape for that. So we're mm-hmm. kind of in that final push here because uh, it's almost May and at the end of the month, we will be out that way. But Alex, yeah. I mean, what, what? how are you feeling right now, like going into this trip? You, f- you feel like you could go tomorrow or do you feel like you got a few more things you need to check off the list? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know that I could go tomorrow. Uh, I, I switched some stuff up myself. I, you know, I typically run like the same stuff every year as far as my clothes and all that. I, sure. I went off on a limb. I actually swapped out my pack this year just to try something new. Uh, so that's why I, I put that weight in it and I uh, wanted to feel it out and really kind of get it. You know, really getting feeling good, getting the load lifters on it, getting it really fitted right, and sure. uh, you know, to that point, took out took out the tent, took out my quilt again just to make sure, took out my sleeping pad. Uh, big mistake is getting out there and you didn't test out your sleeping pad and you got a hole in it yeah. and you're screwed. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. You know, so just little stuff like that. I went, you know, I camped out for a night, used my jet boil, made sure that was working, uh, mm. used, my, used my headlamp, you know, just basically doing like a mock right. dry run of like a night. They, I, I find that so important for a client to do because, uh, again, the little things are going to matter. I, I'm big on the devils and the details. So if, yeah, if mm-hmm. you don't, you know, if you don't do that, you're, you might, you could be screwed. Um I know I posted and sent to you guys in the group chat quite a bit, but I took all my clothes. I weighed them out to the ounce, got them loaded in my gear list. I cleaned out my hydro bladder. Um, and I actually, I got a list right now of the last final things to do. I still got to, I shoot my rifle one more time. I got to bleach out my, like my water filter. So mm. a little tip for everybody. If you have a water, like a water filter, uh, some of them have a ceramic filter. I hate those because <laughs> if it's cold out and you still have some water left over mm. in your filter from using it, it, it will crack. And then yeah. when it cracks, your filter's useless. Yep. So, so I use a filter that actually has like a, uh, you know, I don't know the full material, but it's 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 more of like a cloth material. So, sure. Um, I, I bleach that, so I, I I'll actually put. Uh, the chloride drops in it as if I'm like, you know, cleaning out the water. I let it sit in there and then I like will run the filter and that I'll do that probably a few days right before we leave. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I packed all my gear in game bags. I uh, I put all my clothes on, make sure there's no holes or anything in it. So I I mean I got a whole system to it, and I, I that's why I keep sending you guys that system. But if we were to go tomorrow, I would be good. I feel good about all my stuff, but it would be that I didn't go through my whole checklist to make it perfect before the hunt. Sure. So. Yeah. That, and and even in you saying this, you know, I got a few last a last few things to buy yet, gear wise. Um, I need to buy my bear fence. We are going to be in grizzly country, and Alex and I and Edwin and John, the other guys going with us. John is also rasty, by the way. You'll hear us call him rasty more often than John. But but um, <laughs> we decided that just based on and, and talking with uh, all the biologists up there, I believe, Alex, you talked to, was it four different bear biologists in the area where we're going to be hunting? And uh, just we feel yeah. we we feel best to have that those fences i need to purchase that and then uh i just remember i need to get my iodine tablets for my water too um and uh get uh get, get a product called aquamira drops okay because the, the the iodine tablets take 4 hours before you can drink the, mm. the water yeah Yep. Uh, the the aquamira drops it's only 30 minutes so it shortens and it nice. tastes so much better okay you know oh, what? Nice. i think i may have used those the last time i was in montana the because yeah. i remember like a 30 minute 30 minute time frame on those that uh yeah. had had to wait so yeah i'm gonna get some of those um yeah and then just like i said rassy and i got to do some of these other these other prep things of just i would like to camp out one more night of course i gave a lot of my gear a, a nice test um uh the when jake and i went together but i need to uh try i did upgrade my sleeping pad to an insulated pad and i need to try that new one out and uh because it was so cold when jake and i went i i had to use a heavier sleeping bag so i need to use the sleeping bag that i'm planning to use for the trip but i did get to test a lot of the other gear that like the clothing and everything you know so i'm excited about that i've said you know physically i'm feeling really good um i would like to I would like to push it though with the pack and uh, maybe just even incorporate some more uh, cardio, you know, here in the last month before we go uh, into my exercise. But um, I don't know. I, I think this is the best I've felt physically in a long time. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, uh, my my legs are feeling really strong so i'm excited for that and excited to test it out and you know it's just been cool to like like uh i don't know to to see my physical condition be a little bit better uh through getting ready through this this hunt than it's than it's been in a while so i mean not that you don't have to be in shape to to be a bow hunter doing hang on hunts and stuff like that but but uh it's not the same thing as getting ready to hike in the mountains you know and so it's it's been it's been a a good thing but i still want to still want to take that up a few notches but be smart too don't need an injury or something stupid like that before uh get out there so it'll be uh did you pack your food and stuff too already or no no i still need to still need to get that 
purchase too. So water drops, bear fence and food are, are really, and I think I am going to get a pair of rain pants too. I got a good raincoat, but I, I'm going to get some rain pants just because I got to think that at least one of our days we're going to be out there. We're going to be seeing some rain. So I'll get, oh, a, yeah. get a pair, get a pair of those ordered. But other than that, man, I'm ready to go. Oh, and I got some, some miles in on my my new crispies and i love them those things are those things are awesome so it's uh yeah it's uh love those. yep a lot of my a lot of my shed hunting hiking that i've been doing and i figure i've probably got well over 100 miles in uh this spring has been in my lacrosse boots uh because you know you're jumping creeks walking you know through really muddy field Mm -hmm. edges and stuff like that but i have been able to do a couple of good hikes in my crispies one really big long like full day hike in my crispies and uh they're awesome i mean just just crazy how how comfortable you know really nice boots like that are and how they they hold up to like rocks and everything else that you can kind of feel through not a very good pair of boots it's like walking yeah. on it's like walking on air in those crispies for sure <laughs> so wow nice. big recommendation there shout out goes to uh alex he was he really pushed me to get those and uh uh so I, i'm I don't know. I think it's just going to be fun testing all, putting all the stuff to the test out in the mountains and, and, uh, you know, just, just living it up, you know? And one thing, one thing I do like about the bear hunting thing is there's different ways you can approach it. You know, I've noticed from watching a lot of the videos that are out there on YouTube of guys doing it. And so, you know, I think Rasty and I will both be in new, you know, first time black bear hunters. We'll kind of, and just the way the trip's going to end up working out, you know, we're going to spend about half of it with Alex and Edwin, but then they're going to be flying back. And so we're going to be a couple of first timers out there, uh, there you go. with a, a half week of experience. And, uh, you know, it'll be just kind of, I think it'll be fun. Rasty and I kind of figuring that part out, you know, one, yeah. And, yeah. and who knows, maybe we'll both have bears by then. And we'll just be worried about shed hunting, <laughs> but, but, uh, it'll be, it'll be, uh, for, for all of our sake, I hope that is the case. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you come back with a bear and a big old elk shed. Oh man. I, I hope so too. I hope so too. But, um, just the experience alone is going to be sweet and we're going to, we'll do a deep dive on this. Everyone listening in. One, you know, before we go talk, talk more about the gear specifics and everything, but it's getting real buddy. And, uh, it's going to be the icing on this cake for an already spectacular spring in the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm pumped too. And I'm glad you guys are going to get to experience this. I, I, I think I'm looking forward to just, uh, seeing you guys enjoy it. Oh yeah. Maybe more than maybe more than even me enjoying it. So sure. That'd be a good deal. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to camp. Edwin is hilarious. I think, um, yeah, gonna, yeah, I think is. my sides, I'm going to come back with like six pack abs just from laughing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, it's going to be, I'm going to be getting a lot of laugh exercise in, uh, from uh, the things Edwin says he is absolutely hilarious. And, uh, I, so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, uh, the, 
the camp every night and sitting around the campfire and sharing stories and building those friendships that last a lifetime. And, and, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward, you know, I'm looking forward to the type two fun, the, the stuff where there's going to be some hardship. Um, uh, the, you know, where, you know, as physically prepared as I feel that I am, there's going to be moments where I'm going to, you know, my butt's going to be kicked by, you know, a heavy pack out or something like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. man, that's the stuff that lives on forever. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And, and, uh, for sure. right. And so I'm, I'm just totally, I don't know. I'm totally stoked for that. That's going to be, yeah. that's going to be, uh, just a, a really fun part of it, I think. So yeah, mm-hmm. everything coming together here soon. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we hope that all of you tuning in are having a good outdoor spring as well. Uh, make sure you're taking that time to get outside and enjoy. Uh, maybe it's not bears, but hopefully turkeys or maybe you can still find a shed here or there. Or we're getting into mushroom season now, too. So you can get out and look yeah, for some morels and and uh, anything to get you outside, though. Get more connected to the land. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's just... Uh, critically important right now, I think, for our civilization, <laughs> uh, our, our mm-hmm. very way that our species does life, that we get people connected to the land uh, here very soon. Um, I, I, I just think that we could bring about a lot of healing for a lot of different things if people could get more in tune mm-hmm. to it. So uh, make sure you get out there and take part and before we wrap this one up again check out spartan forge the presenting sponsor for this podcast not a better business out there in the outdoor world than than them nobody works harder than bill Um, another guy that works just as hard as bill though of course is good old alex here on the podcast be sure to go over to alexgruen.com use that code first gen 10 get your own spring bear hunt dream fulfilled with uh, alex that way and then of course head over to to thehuntfishlife.com and get on their social media page. You can check out that giant shed, and it is a giant shed. Like, like it's a Delaware buck, and we all know that Delaware is is a sleeper state, but they're mm-hmm. never mentioned up there with like you know Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Indiana, Ohio. You know all these other destination mm-hmm. whitetail states, but it is a giant shed by by mm-hmm. even the standards within any of those states so get over there check them out give them a follow and of course don't forget about your boy here the old first gen hunter uh you know what that would have been a really good uh instagram handle i kind of wish i would have done that ye old ye old you know old with an e on the end (laughs) first gen hunter maybe maybe when i finally uh put the merch <laughs> the merch shop together I'll, I'll title it that on my website yield gear shoppy <laughs> i like it <laughs> but uh no uh make sure you uh you head over to uh firstgenhunter.com you'll find my real instagram handle there which is first.gen.hunter and uh i love hearing from you guys keep it up send the uh fan mail in and let us know what you think give us those reviews we love any kind of interaction with you and uh until next time though take care and take someone hunting